Welcome to Live Healthy, Be Healthy with Drs. Jim and Janine Fox of Doctors Nutrition. We continue our journey to better health through proper nutrition, supplementation, and knowledge. And now, here are Drs. Fox and Live Healthy, Be Healthy. Welcome to Live Healthy, Be Healthy. Hi, I'm Dr. Jim Fox. And I'm Dr. Janine Fox. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about something I think that a lot of the folks out there are probably having to deal with. Maybe they've been told that they have irritable bowel syndrome or IBS. Yeah, there's something. I mean, we have people daily come in and probably multiple people daily. Multiple people. That have been told they have IBS. And with IBS, if you think about it, irritable bowel syndrome, what it just means is that your bowel is not very happy. Exactly. It's a little irritable. Yeah. Just like when you get irritable in the mood. Your bowel gets a little irritable, which it can rumble and it can, you can have diarrhea and you can have, you know, you can have different symptoms. Some people have bloating. You Mm -hmm. can, you Mm -hmm. can actually have IBS with constipation. You can have IBS with diarrhea. You can have IBS, you know, and I'd always say, you know, everybody's is a little bit different because I think that IBS, in my opinion, is a catch all phrase when they can't find anything else severely wrong. Exactly. You know, most of the people that we deal with, Janine, that come in with, and they've been labeled. I hate to use the word diagnosed, but labeled with the with the IBS, and they've either been IBSD for diarrhea or IBSC for constipation. Now that they've got those designations, um, most of these people find that they've uh, you know they've done the, the scopes. Right, they've, uh, they've ruled out the worst things. Yeah, they've, they've ruled ruled out your ulcerative colitis exactly. and your Crohn's disease and right. and definitely colon cancer. I mean, you want to you want to rule all that out, um, but when they've ruled out everything else. And there's no explanation for why the bowels are like that. They mm-hmm. usually call it irritable bowel syndrome. Yeah. And, and then you're kind of stuck with something chronic and uh, they really don't have anything that's, uh, you know, th- that's really going to fix the issue for you. And that brings us to where we are today because, you know, like you know, Janine and I talk about, we, we see this daily. And we help many, many people oh, with yeah. the irritable bowel and, and they're all different. I always say, okay, let's first talk about irritable bowel constipation. Right. First thing you got to do is clear up the constipation. Uh, that's usually the first thing. I mean, I always say, you know, when you look at irritable bowel with constipation, constipation alone can make some severe symptoms. Well, it sure can. You know, and, and of course, you know, obviously, you know, the way the bowel should function, you know, when you have a meal, you know, usually the transit time through the gut and, and, and you should have a bowel movement, you know, within 12 to 24 hours uh, of consuming a meal. If you got an adequate amount of uh, uh, fiber and so on in your meal and you know that's that's the way it should function you know if you start having constipation you know your your body is not getting rid of a lot of quote-unquote toxic materials right there's a lot of, there's a lot of things associated with chronic constipation it certainly is. and actually cancer is one of them um, uh, colon cancer, cancer yeah. specifically but they've even linked breast cancer some of the other cancers yes. also with people that don't go to the bathroom very often and so if you think about it you are keeping toxins in the body exactly and that's not a good thing to do so definitely one of the first things you do if you have the kind with, with constipation first thing to do is try to help the constipation now that question is how do you do that well you know well most of the time when we get those folks and and what i have found a lot of folks and i'm sure you've seen the same thing on the people you deal with a lot of the folks that have the constipation they got them on some sort of acid reducer right 
Which is absolutely probably the worst thing you can do for them. Right, because the lack of stomach acid will make constipation in many Certainly cases. Will. Well, you can't break down your food properly. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that we will do is digestive enzymes. And if somebody has constipation, we use the one with betaine hydrochloride, right. which is stomach acid. And we might even have to add a lot more betaine hydrochloride or stomach we, yeah, acid exactly. uh, just to get enough to, to get that proper bowel function back. Also, of course, you know another biggie that we've talked about a, a bazillion times and everybody probably knows this, but this probiotics. Right, probiotics. I mean, there are, we, we talk about that in almost every show, no matter what we're talking about, whether it's about brain or whether it's about the immune yeah, system well, it's or important. whether it's about <laughs> stomach problems. I mean, yeah. probiotics are so important. They really and, are. And, you know, in today's world, like we've talked about before, um, we have so many antibiotics in the animals, so many antibiotics in the water supply mm-hmm. that we're killing off a lot of our good bacteria. We and are. the good bacteria is part of your digestion and part of keeping those bowels healthy. Exactly. So we always start with digestive enzymes and probiotics those are the two biggies and you know and and if that doesn't start clearing things up pretty doggone fast you know then janine and i are going to go to the thing that the patient always dreads to hear and that's the food sensitivities or food allergies right because food sensitivities now i probably see more of the food sensitivities causing the ibs with diarrhea most so you know really that's more of the diarrhea end of it we're fixing to talk about that in a second with the constipation, there's other factors, and we've had shows about this, about candida. Yes. If you have symptoms of candida, you got to get rid of that. you got to try mm. to figure out why. Right. And a lot of times in medicine, they rule out the underlying pathologies. I mean, cancers, polyps, right. you know, stuff like that. And then they say, okay, well, it's just IBS. Right. Well, still, IBS is caused from something. Yeah, something's going on. Something's wrong, you know, and... And that's that's what you're looking at if you've got IBS. Quote, and when unquote. you start talking about constipation, because constipation alone will make IBS, no doubt. Mm-hmm. It'll make your bowel irritable when it doesn't eliminate. Well, you're you're, so, you're, you're holding a lot of that toxic right. material that should be evacuating. You're keeping it there. And our, our gut, especially the large intestine, is very good at recycling that stuff. Right. And it, it will recycle it, toxins. Putting it right now back you have in your to, body. Like I said, we got to look at and see, is there a candida issue? Is there mm-hmm. a thyroid problem? I mean, thyroid problems make a lot of constipation also. That's usually one of the, you know, I mean, of course, everybody always thinks, especially females think, you know, with with thyroid, they're always thinking about hair and hair loss. And, yeah, that can be part of a thyroid complex, too. But at the same time, one of the chief complaints that we see are are kind of, it's not really a chief complaint, but it's one of the most common threads that we see with the thyroid is the constipation issue. Right. Male or female. And there's a lot of things. Like I said, everybody's different on how much it takes to help their constipation. Oh, exactly. You know, if you, a lot of people, just the enzymes and the probiotics alone will do it. In if some not, cases. I mean, we have a really strong aloe complex that we can mm-hmm. use, even magnesium. Yeah, you, know, you start looking at different things and actually, but the, the, we just want to kind of put out there the thing is, is you got to get to go into the bathroom. I mean, that's really, you yeah, have to do it. That's it. Um, that's if the, you that's don't, thing, if yeah. you have constipation, you're going to have that bowel is not going to be healthy. Well, so you're whatever, not going to be healthy. We don't like. We don't like chronic use of laxatives either. No. A just plain laxative, something like Senna. Now, if somebody's been constipated for two weeks, different story. You know, you kind of have to get it going. But just on an everyday basis, we don't we don't like the use of laxatives. We would rather fix the underlying problems and get the bowel going on its own. Well, if you think about, you know, a laxative, I don't care whether it's a natural laxative or, or one of the synthetics that they tend to use in, in allopathic medicine. If you're using any kind of harsh stimulant to get that gut going, then, you know, you're just putting a Band-Aid on the problem. Exactly. And it also gets to where it won't work without it. Then you get laxative dependent. Exactly. And so we'd rather you not be laxative dependent. 
And so we'd rather kind of help with the bowels and getting it going. And if somebody comes in and says, well, you know, I've been told that my gut don't have much motion. There's even something called devil's claw that can actually help with that. So there's things that you can do to help different problems. So it's hard to do a show and say exactly what you do for every person because everybody's irritable bowel is a little bit different. Yeah. You know, of course, like you and I, the first thing that we always do with a person that comes in or calls or whatever that says, okay, I've got I've, I've got this IBS thing. Especially if it's IBS with constipation, you know, we start, you know, with a lot of questions. Right. You know, we start questioning them about, you know, how long have they had it? When did it start? Blah, blah, blah. We try to go back through the whole nine yards to figure out And you also want to make sure you drink enough water. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, something as simple as dehydration (laughs) can actually make it worse. So there's so many, so many factors. We just kind of wanted to put out there. Really, that's what we're here for is for you to call. Tell us your problems and symptoms, and we can try to help you figure out what's the underlying cause to it. Because you you got to look at the underlying cause. That's if you right. don't do that, you're really never going to help your problem. You're not going to get it fixed. Probably. Now, when we talk about the diarrhea, the IBS mm-hmm. with diarrhea, when somebody comes in mm-hmm. and they said, you know, I, I mean, every time I eat, I just am staying in the toilet. Mm-hmm. And that's We probably do see that one more, although we see both a lot. I would say the diarrhea phase is probably one of the more common ones that we see, though, yep. really. You know, you see and that more often. with that... The first thing we tell them to do mm. is change the diet. Yeah. Now, we eliminated a couple of the common allergens, um, grains and dairy. That You know, that's two biggies. And, of course, you know, when you start thinking about grains and dairy. Um, that encompasses a lot of things. Uh, yeah. Because I mean, that's your soy and your corn and, and your, your wheat. wheat and your rice. And, and your, your oats and things like that, right? So yeah. there's a lot. But we have a lot of people, if they eliminate that, it can make a difference. I mean... You have been telling me lately that you've been um, watching a lot of videos on mm-hmm. a doctor um, that has pretty much said that he thinks that none of us have the enzyme to break down gluten. Yeah, he's Dr. Fasano up at the University of Maryland, and uh, he has a big uh, a clinic up there on uh, the GI problems and so on, and, and, and he sees a lot of gluten sensitivities and gluten, you know, celiac type problems. And according to him, you know, and we have mapped the genome now, so we know all the genes in the human body. Um, and they, according to him and his research and, and his group, they say that we don't have the actual gene coded in our, in our enzymes or to make the enzyme needed to break down gluten. And right. Which he, I mean, and actually Dr. Perlmutter says the same thing, which is a yeah. neurologist out of Florida. Right. Um, they both, if you start looking at the research, says that probably nobody really truly does well with it. Now, some no. people tolerate it better than others. Well, you know, that's like Dr. Fasano, and, and it, it really brought up something that we see quite often. People that don't have this problem until, say, they're 50, maybe 60 years old or better. And then all of a sudden, they start having this, uh, you know, these particular issues. And like Dr. Fasano calls it a, uh, he said it's the immune system's trick. And what they're trying to find out is, okay, how does this immune system do this trick? How does it fake it for so long and tolerate, if you will, things like gluten and gliadin coming from wheat? And, they think and when the, people are young, there might be some sort of workaround to work actually around. handle it better. Right. And as you age, you get to where you can't handle it. And so you may oh, say, well, I've true. eaten it my whole life and I was fine. Exactly. Well, that's probably true. And that's what they're finding. And he even says in his clinic, the first thing he does is take them off of um, take grains. them off of grains. And yeah. so we're not the only ones out there saying this. It's not just our crazy thought. Um, <laughs> which no, a lot of people will look at us like we're crazy when we oh. tell them to get off of grains. But I have so many people where it helps. And, you know, they always mm-hmm. like, well, I, but I like eating them. Well, you know what? Do you like having diarrhea? That's the question you have to ask yourself. Yeah, you know, I mean, when you look at the grains and the things made from grains like bread, oh, my God, if you smell fresh bread being baked, I mean, who wouldn't like that? 
Um, look at all the stuff that's made from the grains, and you think, oh, yeah, I mean, that stuff's really cool to eat. I mean, it really tastes good. But if it's going to cause you a problem, um, you know, I'm going to think twice about eating it myself. Right. You know? So, you know, that's one of the big things we do with that. And if, so, okay, get off of grains, get off of dairy, problem still isn't gone. Um, we, we then do food sensitivity testing. Because yep. um, sometimes it's a food that is not a grain or dairy that's doing it. Yeah. And even in your case, um, it's, it's cane sugar. <laughs> I knew she I was mean, do when we, when we yeah. actually did his food sensitivity test, because he was having a problem that we couldn't pinpoint, right. it was cane sugar. Yeah, I had the IBS with D, yeah. <laughs> for sure. And, and he was having a problem, and he tried everything, and nothing oh, else was working. We were totally grain-free and dairy-free. Right. And, and that so wasn't the problem. that's when you then do the food. I would say, you know, the thing is, oh, yeah, it'd be perfect to do food sensitivity first, and you can do that. But it's expensive. Uh, it's expensive. It is not a cheap test to do. So, you know, I always say, Eliminate those things first. Doesn't cost anything. Right. Um, and then, if it doesn't help the problem, then that's when we start looking for other food sensitivities. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even after, you know, because you can have all these problems, and like you had a colonoscopy, and they oh, told yeah. you there was absolutely nothing, not a polyp, not a diverticuli, not anything. They were yeah. like, you have like a perfect colon, and it was like, okay, why is this perfect colon not real happy? Yeah. And it was cane sugar. And so, in that case, you know, in even though, you know, we eat. We ate very low sugar anyway, because we don't right. eat a lot of sugar, but things might have one gram of sugar in it, and that was doing it. Yeah. And, I mean, eat, and eating out at any restaurant, doesn't matter oh, what yeah. you pick, a lot of times they add sugar to things. So we actually found out we don't eat out a lot anymore, because you hardly can get anything out without sugar in it. Well, you know, we have a friend of ours, and kind of give you an example, and everybody thinks, oh, well, I'm going to eat it at one of the higher-end restaurants. They don't do that kind of thing. Our friend has a, a very small child, like six or seven years old that has uh, developed type 1 diabetes. And, of course, sugar is obviously something they watch very, very closely. Uh, and they were at a rather higher-end restaurant having dinner, and, you know, th- they were ordering a steak for the child because they figured, okay, that's pretty safe. I mean, it's protein. Shouldn't and have water. sugar Shouldn't in have it. Shouldn't have sugar. And they just have, for some reason, he just happened to ask. Now, you, you just don't have any sugar in it anywhere, does it? And the, 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 uh, the server said, well, let me ask. And he went back to the to the chef, and they came back, and they said, yeah, we, we glaze it with sugar. That's what puts the glaze on the steak is sugar. So a lot of times, even your proteins that you think shouldn't have sugar have sugar on well, them. But anyway, have, but anyway yeah. not everybody has a sugar allergy. No. But, but even with diabetes, you got to watch that. Right. But anyway, food allergies definitely is one of the biggest things that we find with a lot of the diarrhea part of the irritable bowel syndrome. And it could be something as simple as you know, broccoli. Sometimes instance. it can be things that are good for you, yeah. and you don't necessarily think think well this can't be bad for me and with food sensitivities <laughs> yeah. it can take you know 24 hours to show up so it's hard to say i just yeah. ate this food and it was 30 minutes later it sometimes is a day later so day it's really it's really hard to pinpoint mm-hmm. sometimes what it is mm-hmm. now if somebody does have the irritable bowel diarrhea their their whole bowel has gotten very irritated and usually inflamed totally and so we do use something called gi essentials to help calm down the inflammation and actually help the healing of the intestinal wall. Yeah, if you look at our GI essentials, it's a combination of things that we've used independently in, in, in the past, and, and we finally just put together a formulation so you had it in one. It's got your glutamine, L-glutamine. Glutamine is is the most common amino acid to help heal the gut. Right, it's no very doubt. good at increase. You know, it helps okay. heal the lining of lining the intestines. Of the gut, yeah. It has your aloe. It, it has does. the deglycerized liquid, the marshmallow root, the slippery yeah. elm. It has something called zinc carnosine. Yeah, carnosine is the best form of zinc for the GI tract. For the GI tract, for one, mm-hmm. it actually helps with some of 
of the pathogens yes, that are is. actually mm-hmm. in the, the GI tract. Now, speaking of pathogens, mm-hmm. that's another thing that can cause irritable bowel. <laughs> it certainly can, you know. <laughs> because uh. if you actually have an overgrowth of something in the bowel, um, whether it be a bacteria, whether it be a parasite, whether it be a whatever it is, even right. a fungus, we talked about candida mm-hmm. earlier, it can definitely make that bowel irritable. Now, when it comes to that, there's so many things you can do, but then there is even a test that we can do that's a stool test. Mm-hmm. And if, it, if we've tried every, we always try everything first because, you know, instead of spending so much money, let's try doing some things. And then if it works, great, keep doing it. If it doesn't work, then spend the money to do the testing. And yeah. like I said, and that's when we do the, the, the stool testing. And we have a really good stool test where it actually looks for, do you have your good bacteria in your gut? How much of it do you have? And do you have a good diversity? Right. It also looks for pathogens. Mm-hmm. It looks for gr- overgrowth of bacteria. There's even some bacteria that is known to be in the intestines, and it's supposed to be in small amounts. Mm-hmm. When that overgrows, it's a large amount instead of a small amount, it can actually cause problems. And we've had many people that it actually, the test tells us what it is. Mm-hmm. It even does sensitivities and tells you which product can actually help kill it. Yeah, exactly. And then you go from there. And we've had some really good results that way, too. Exactly. So. The stool testing is another thing that we mm-hmm. can do, and it also looks for fungus and parasites and bacteria. So it looks mm-hmm. for all of it. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of things you can do for irritable bowel. That's kind of what we wanted. Mm-hmm. And even the one with diarrhea, we usually suggest probiotics as well. Oh, yeah. You know, the thing, too, though, that we want to point out, we, you know, back a little bit just on this thing about eating out. If you're eating at a, you know, at a, out at a fast food restaurant, I don't care what fast food restaurant you're eating at, you know, all of them are using mass-produced things like wheat and so on, and they use it in glutens and so on. They put in a lot of their foods. Anything that's got that in it, and I, you know, there's been a lot of controversy about, you know, I say, well, wheat's not genetically modified. No, it's not really technically, if you will, genetically modified, but wheat is grown um, and has been bred through, you know, by breeding programs to get certain characteristics, one being more gluten. More which, gluten to make which, it fluffier and, and stretchier. Yeah, stretchier and, and all that stuff, you know, so it makes that uh, dough a lot uh, stretchier and fluffier and all that crap, you know. But anyhow, uh, when you when you start eating out and you're, you're eating foods that's been, you know, done this way, the thing that they do with wheat, and a lot of people think, well, if it's not genetically modified, they, they're not using pesticides and so on on it. They use glyphosate. And what they do, uh, any of you guys out there that might be farmers, you understand this, when wheat is almost ready, but there's still some green in the wheat, you know, still some green in the stalks and so on, it doesn't go through a combine very well. So what they do is they overspray it with glyphosate to kill the wheat. Which is in Roundup. It's Roundup, yeah. So they overspray it with this glyphosate, so it kills it real quick, turns brown really fast, nice, nice and dry and brown. Now we can combine it very rapidly. Right. So your and your wheat that is not organic is heavily sprayed. Heavily sprayed. And the thing is, is they're spraying it pretty pretty soon. Well, before. actually, most of your foods nowadays have oh, it yeah. in there. I mean, so many of the foods have it in there, and they, you know, you can even some of the fruits and vegetables that are sprayed with other things. Um, you yeah. know, get online and there's something they call the dirty dozen, where it's foods that have the most chemicals. And chemicals. I mean, we've done the food sensitivity test. I had a we had a military guy. Yes. He gets free care. You know, he'd been in the military. He'd been going for a couple of years complaining of this intestinal problem. And he kept saying, I have a problem. I have a problem. I have a problem. They kept saying there was nothing wrong, nothing wrong. You know, I mean, they kept on. He finally come and said, I don't care what it costs. I'll pay for it myself. I need to find out. I want to do this food sensitivity test. Mm-hmm. I got to find out what's wrong. Yep. So when we did it, his number one severe allergen that came up was glyphosate. Yeah, he had no so idea it wasn't what it was. The food, <laughs> it was all the foods because all of it contained glyphosate. And that's why he said, no matter what I eat, it bothers me. Yeah. Well, in his case, he was right. 
Yeah. Um, it was all being sprayed, you know, most of your food that's not organic. So basically, in, in his case, we told him he needs to eat all organic. I mean, you have to change. He was like, oh, my gosh, because in this area, we can't always find all organic. Well, the bad thing is he's getting ready to ship out. And to, ship out uh, to other things is really right hard, now. too. Um, but that just shows you, you know, you can even the food allergy test we do does even test sensitivities to glyphosate. Yeah. And so it can be a chemical that is sprayed on a food as opposed to the food itself. Now, one of the things about glyphosate, you know, a lot of people say, well, you know, okay, it's a chemical. We don't want to ingest that chemical. Here's the thing about glyphosate. And you'll see that, you know, if you, you know, look into it and read about it, you know, of course, the people that make it are going to tell you that it doesn't harm humans. Well, it doesn't directly. It does it indirectly. And the way it does it by, you know, there's a process that it blocks in our metabolic process that the bacteria in our gut have called the shikimate process or shikimate pathway. And so what the glyphosate does is it interferes with the shikimate pathway that are in our good bacteria in our gut. Right. So it affects the good bacteria, which and then in turn affects off, us. Which affects us sooner or later. Yeah. So there's so many things and you're seeing more and more irritable bowel over the years. The more and more chemicals that are being exactly. used in our food, the more you're seeing. So. Right. Um, everybody is different on what might cause theirs and looking and digging into the reason and trying different things and doing more testing if it's not working is the key. Just because you've been told there was nothing else wrong because you don't have a tumor and you don't have a polyp and you don't have diverticulitis and you Mm -hmm. don't have all these other things doesn't mean there's not an underlying problem causing it. There's something causing it. I mean, you know, obviously, you know, now one thing we didn't mention that definitely can cause it is stress. Um, So we always have to look at the underlying stress factors as well. So there's so many things to look at, but that's kind of what we always talk, recommend doing lab work. I mean, doing stool testing, doing Mm -hmm. food allergy sensitivity testing. Mm -hmm. There are so many. We just want people out there to know there are other options. There certainly are. And like I say, if you have any questions, you know, specific to your your case and so on, you'd like to talk to one of us. All you have to do is call our 800 number. It's 800 eight two four zero one nine four and I, you probably will be talking to somebody else, so you'll have to leave a message, but we will get back to yep, you. Yep, we'll always call and you back. Always so call just you back. give us a call because everybody's individual, mm-hmm. and that's one thing we stress. There's not just one protocol for every problem because everybody's different on what right. might be causing it. Exactly. So hopefully we're giving you some information to help you live healthy and be healthy. So for now, Janine, I guess we'll sign off and say live, live healthy, healthy and, and be healthy. healthy. So long, and thanks for listening to Live Healthy, Be Healthy with Drs. Jim and Janine Fox, a presentation of Doctors Nutrition. Please call our toll-free customer service number, 1-800-824-0194, for more information or with any questions you may have. Find out more online. Log on to DoctorsNutrition.com. Find the archive of shows and articles at DoctorsNutritionMedia.com.